Talk Live, brought to you as always by the Liberty Radio Studio. I don't know, I suddenly forgot how to introduce the show. I'm your host as always, Aria. Jay Noon here. And Angie. And it's weird being here on a Wednesday, I will confess. I haven't ever been here on a Wednesday. I don't think except maybe like the Christmas Eve episode. I don't recall exactly what day that was. May have been Christmas Day. I don't know. This is the first time I've been on the show with you. Yeah, it's be my first also. But definitely. I've listened to you for a long time now, probably ever since you've been doing Call of Freedom anyways. Yeah, it's scaled back to once a week now, by the way. I've noticed. <laughs> so the most interesting thing that was brought to my attention today uh, deals with trans stuff. And it, it actually, I was not the one who brought this in. But for those listening who may not be aware, I am a trans person. It's not obvious from the sound of my voice, but yeah, that is the case. And Angie, you brought in a story about a dad who is horrified because the public school system, it would seem, has convinced his daughter that she is, in fact, a boy. Right. Um, I was really surprised when I found that story, and I thought it would be perfect for tonight. I, I would absolutely agree. Now, there is a lot of leftism in the public schools. I'm sure you're both aware of this. And this is why so many libertarians advocate for homeschooling, because in homeschooling, you can actually teach what, I don't want to say politics, but what social inclinations your kids are learning. Whereas in the public schools, it's largely up to the teachers and the administration, which overwhelmingly seems to tend toward liberalism. Well, the teachers are all have this accreditation from some college where they, you know, teach like, I don't know, underwater basket weaving or some kind of liberal arts. And they're all funded by, you know, big leftists and they're all very pro state. And, you know, the agenda is as far as I can tell, I have an aunt who who I love very much. She's a good woman. She's been an education professional her whole life. Uh, made $125,000 a year her last year that she worked in Massachusetts school system. Wow. And never stopped, taught, taught a student anything. She's part <laughs> of the administration. She is, was, is, is a psychiatrist. Okay. Has a doctorate in psychology. And the, the, she even said to me herself that the school system needs to keep on expanding in employees constantly or her, basically her retirement would be no good. When she retires, because she collects like $84,000 a year in retirement right now. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. She actually had to sue the state of Massachusetts uh, a little while back because they uh, cut her back some. And she's like, oh, no, no, here's my contract. And I'm like, well, I go, you know, that contract's, you know, basically the state is pointing guns at people to make sure you get paid. Right. And I'm not going to look at it that way, she says. And so, okay. (laughs) But anyways, uh, actually, what's really cool about her is we can have really great calm debates and just laugh about it. We don't get angry. Uh, That's but. One of the things I have tremendous respect for her, but it's a pyramid scheme. So part of the scheme is to teach the teachers, ingrained into the teachers, so it's ingrained into the kids that state is good, the state must always grow, and, well, essentially worship the state, just like this, I don't know if you heard about this guy who assaulted this 13-year-old boy for not saluting the flag or taking his hat off or something, or Pledge I did Allegiance. see that. Just, yeah, it's all state kid, worship. His uh, skull was, like, fractured or something. Yep. Yeah. Just absolutely disgusting allegiance to that flag and the whole state apparatus in general. And, I'm, and, that, and that comes right out of public school, you know. Kids are taught to pledge allegiance to the flag. And I had a teacher I didn't like in fourth grade, so I stopped pledging allegiance to the flag. And 
Uh, I thought I was going to get in trouble when she told my dad. And my dad's like, no, that's fine. You don't have to pledge allegiance to anybody if you don't want to. <laughs> my kids go to public school. And the school that they go to, they were supposed to meet every morning and do the Pledge of Allegiance. And my kids would sit in the car until they were done. And, you know, no one ever said anything to me. We got some looks. But no one ever came over and said, hey, you need to get out of the car. And if they wanted to get out of the car, they would skip past the group of kids standing around the flag and just scoot into the door. I think once my um, eight-year-old was sent back outside and he was like, mom, I didn't do it. I just stood there and looked at them like they were crazy. Good for him. See, uh, it, my experience was different because I was in school uh, when 9-11 happened and when the patriotism thing just like really kicked off and where that was when they introduced the Pledge of Allegiance and a five minutes of silence every single morning. It, it was five minutes of prayer, but they weren't allowed to call it that. So they introduced a Pledge of Allegiance at that time? or yes. the Oh, so Short, you- shortly after the September 11th attack was when our school began doing the Pledge of Allegiance every single morning. Oh, see, I, I graduated high school in 98, and it was... Uh, I can remember doing it in kindergarten, and I remember really? in fourth grade... But my father was also bringing me to like John Birch Society meetings and stuff like that. Okay. Which in some of those meetings they were doing Pledge of Allegiance too. Some of them they were like, you know, not doing it, and they were. And we actually had talks about this. But what I do remember in fourth grade that um, my, you know, the part I really remember is my teacher was so pissed that my dad backed me up. <laughs> And I just, and that's why I know what was going on. But yeah, so that, but I definitely remember in kindergarten, they're telling us to hold our hand on our, our heart. And then, Interesting. so when I was like, I don't know, whatever, however old you are in fourth grade, I just haven't done it since then. It may be region specific, Probably. you know, or just time specific where it sort of phased out in the late to mid nineties or mid to late nineties and then resurged in 2001. That would probably be my speculation. Was it Mississippi? It was. You were in school? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was Massachusetts and. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I would expect that sort of thing to be more common in Mississippi, but sure enough, it wasn't at our school until shortly after September 11, mm, okay. 2001, in which case I just sort of sat there. But I was always a rebel. It wasn't because I had any real ideological opposition to the Pledge of Allegiance at the time. It was because I just wasn't going to cooperate with anything they were telling me to do. And that just happened to include standing up to say the stupid pledge. When I was a kid... Uh, I grew up in a horse business. My dad was a horse trader. So I went to a lot of rodeos. Um, and Eastern New York, there's all up and down like that um, Champlain Valley area around Saratoga and Lake George. There's six or seven rodeos. And they have like a rodeo. You can go to a rodeo every night of the week anywhere around Lake George all summer long. At least you could, you know, 20 years ago. I know three of them still function. Right. And I can remember uh, sitting on my horse. And um, I didn't take my cowboy hat off for the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, or, or no, it wasn't Pledge of Allegiance. It was a national anthem or something or whatever, one of those things. One of those magic sky things you're supposed to. Right. And uh, one guy says to me something about my pappy. He said pappy. Of course he did. Would have given me a beating. He said, you know, if I didn't take, you know, salute that flag. And I don't remember what my response is. And he goes, well, I'm that boy's pappy. And my dad would said to him, because he was either on his horse or standing right next to me or something. And the guy, and whatever my dad told him, I don't remember now. Actually, I used to remember it. But anyways, uh, so that guy ended up like becoming 
a pretty hardcore libertarian involved in the New York politics. Awesome. And we still know him till this day. I, he's, he's, I saw him like two years ago. And it was all because you shattered that first assumption that it's just of paramount importance to kneel to the state? Uh, very much so. Also, you know, my dad brought, so I would have been about 17 at the time, 97, uh, maybe I was 16. Now, my other brother was a year younger than me. Then I have had another another. I have another brother that would have been about eleven or ten. And then I have another brother that would have been about four or five. And we we're all on horses, right? And we all tacked up our horses, and we all helped everybody out with everything. And th- this particular guy was just like impressed at like, you know, we're five to seventeen years old and could do anything any adult could do basically right and, but the interactions didn't really start until he was like you know my pappy would have beat me or something like that and um he uh guy guy's still a good friend of mine and and it's just you know i mean but my dad raised us you know as libertarian anarchists we didn't use the word anarchist back then but the idea was you know we didn't have any rulers and it wasn't until we were 18 he was responsible for any damage we did so he was very clear about that you know if right. we went and you know, trash someone's property or whatever, he had to pay for it, you know. I mean, that's so much like the state, though. In schools, if you don't properly pledge allegiance or kneel for the flag or whatever it is they want you to do at that specific moment, their plan is to use violence in order to make you just like his pappy would have used violence against him in order to make him not respect the flag, but obedient of it. I got threatened at a truck pull about six years ago. For not saluting a flag. Rednecks are really intense about this. They are indeed. 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE. As in Free Talk Live, let us know what you think about the flag and the Pledge of Allegiance. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind with you tonight. It's Aria, Jay, and Angie. And we've been talking about the various failures of the public school system or the public re-education camps. The, the worship of the state. That's this. The state is just a religion. Well, the schools are part of the state apparatus. However, people might like to think otherwise. And that's generally my issue with public schools is that, you know, society in general has formed this wall between what they consider to be educating and what they consider to be raising a child. But the truth is that your kids are going to end up spending seven hours a day ish with these adults who are in every sense raising them. They're teaching them social values, how to be moral, and all of these other things, and, you know, how to be trans, evidently. Whether the parents like it or not, it's impossible for the public school system to differentiate between educating a child and raising that child. Then, And that's why I don't like the idea that literally a handful of men or women, but a handful of people somewhere in a district of criminals, uh, you know, are literally in charge of this department of education and the department of education has essentially become a carrot dangled in front of every local school system in the country. We're not going to give you this money unless you do this, this, and this. Well, let's get into the phones. We've got Andy calling from North Carolina. Andy, you're on free talk live. 
going once. Andy, are you there? Sorry about that. Sorry. All right. Well, A for effort. I don't know exactly what he even said. So anyway, the article is about how over the last several years of... This is coming from LifeSiteNews.com, a site that I'm not familiar with, but a dad is horrified as the public school system convinces his daughter that she's a boy and he can't stop it. So the article says that uh, a recent example was detailed this month in USA Today, a suburban dad who lives just outside of Chicago. In April of 2016, when his 14-year-old daughter became convinced that she was in fact a boy, with the staff of the public school in Hindel's district number 86, that's a lot of districts for that, emphatically endorsing the delusion and opposing Keck's attempts to help his daughter every step of the way. Now, this is a difficult issue for all people, trans, cis, or whatever, because there's no good answer. You know, it's going to permanently alter a person to go through puberty. Whether they're going through that puberty in accordance with their own biological programming or if they're transgender and they're going through it because of blocking that biological programming and supplementing it with artificial hormones. Could you call that like chemically induced puberty? Sure, but I think in the most literal sense it's chemically induced either way. Well, that's true. I get, But, well, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of chemicals we can take to induce certain things, and then there's certain chemicals that just come along anyway. There, there certainly are, but the issue with being trans is that once you're past puberty, the changes to your body as a result of undertaking hormone therapy are going to be minimal. So you're going to end up with an adult who is more or less permanently discontent with their body. Or, as people like to point out, they could undergo that transition and then come to regret it and end up permanently unhappy with their body. Both of which are bad things to happen. You know, whether you're dealing with a cis person who becomes trans and is unhappy with their body because they couldn't transition at an earlier age, which is what happened to me, right? I would, I would give anything to be able to go back to when I was 12 years old and transition. It wasn't a possibility because I lived in Mississippi. So when I hear about teens like this, I'm, I'm torn on the subject because a lot of people don't like the idea of 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds transitioning. But anything after that, is going to be almost pointless when it comes to physiological changes. If you're going to transition, it has to be done at an earlier age. At what point did you know that you wanted to trans over? Uh, four years ago. Okay. So. So how old were you then? I, I'm not going to reveal oh, my age. Okay. Older than I wished that I had been, basically. But anything. Uh, but again, anything after like 16 is going to involve minimal changes okay. no matter what you do. The younger you are, the better. As a fully grown adult, which I was at the time, uh, changes are minuscule. Now, yeah. do you think as a child, um, I'm a parent of three kids, uh-huh. do you feel that as a child that they truly know what they want at that age? I did. I wasn't able to put it into words, but I certainly did. Okay. 
um, going all the way back to at least when I was three years old, long before I'd even started kindergarten or started watching television before I could have been influenced by any of these leftist media elements or the public school system or anything like that. Okay. I don't know how common that is among people. Uh, I just know my experience. So it was something that you knew from a young child. Right. And it just took you a while in order to transition over because of where you lived or location or logistics. Uh, Mostly the location and the fundamentalist Christianity that just pervades the South and made it absolutely impossible. Right. Leading to pray the gay away camps and things like that several years in a row. It was it was not a lot of fun. You went to those? I did. Oh, wow. Three summers in a row. Yeah. Did you make any friends? I, I did. That was why I wasn't sent back for a fourth year. <laughs> <laughs> so going, going back to this article, the teenage girl who had evidently shown no indication of gender dysphoria or desire to be male throughout her childhood is on the autism spectrum, which just further complicates things. Right. I guess the the question would be, you know, where at on the spectrum is this person? It said right on the borderline. So I guess right at the beginning of okay. possibly autistic and possibly not autistic. I mean, that could be a lot of people. Yep. I yep. mean, you know, you get the, <laughs> it could be any one of us. I mean, if you got the, you know, the right or the wrong, uh, you know, so-called Evaluate. expert, yeah. you know, dealing out this spectrum and defining it. I don't even know what really, I mean, I got a good friend where I like, I think he could be a little autistic. And I said that to him one day and he's like, oh, you're not the first one to tell me that you're probably right. You know, and. Then I got another friend who I called him autistic, and he had a fit. (laughs) Well, it is often used as an insult. Uh, Yeah, I guess. But it is a broad spectrum. You know, you do have uh, high-functioning autism, I think is what they call it, Mm -hmm. which it sounds like is more people along the borderline. And you also have the, I guess, low-functioning autism. I'm not not an expert. Yeah. So I would understand that someone on that lower end of the spectrum would not really have the autonomy to make such a decision about how they want to live. But I would expect someone on the higher end to have it. But maybe they could be influenced easier if they are possibly autistic. That's true as well. Um, Especially when the teachers got them for literally, got more of their attention than both parents probably do. Oh, yeah, because once the kid gets home from school, they're going to be sat in front of a television. The average American child watches five hours of television a day. Wow. So they get home from spending seven hours with the teacher, and then they go straight to Nickelodeon. And, or their computer. Yeah, or their yep. computer, all of which have that same liberal bent to them. I had to clean stalls when I got home, which was good, though. That I appreciate work. it now. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> definitely an improvement over watching television. Let us know what you think. 855-450-3733. Or use the Discord call-in lines, which you can find at discord.lrn.fm. Is oral health important to you? If you don't like your own teeth, fresh breath, or kissing people, then by all means, stop listening. Several years ago, I met Jessica Armand, founder and CEO of My Magic Mud, and I became passionate about the product that she created and never want to live without it. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, but I find it does much more. They want you to love My Magic Mud as much as I do, so they're giving you a money-back guarantee plus 20% off. Go to MyMagicMud.com and use coupon code FTL20 at checkout. MyMagicMud.com, FTL20. This 
This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Talk about whatever is on your mind. Again, that number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria, Jay, and Angie. Now, I want to take a moment to tell you about local.bitcoin.com because Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com which allows people to buy or sell Bitcoin Cash using dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit remittances, or just meeting in person with cash. There is no KYC to sign up for the site. That's Know Your Customer. So there's no ID requirements or any of that kind of nonsense. And all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. So no one can read your messages except people who have those private keys, which generally aren't uh, even available to the end users, I don't think. I've never actually looked, but they actually respect your privacy, and that's awesome. I am very familiar with the site. I love it. I love everything about it, and I'm looking forward to its continuation and success. So go check it out. It's a great time to get involved in the site because it's still growing. It's still developing. Get into the Telegram room. You know, Take part in the construction of local.bitcoin.com. So we've been talking about uh, this guy who they just call Keck, which I think is kind of funny given the whole Donald Trump, you know, Pepe the Frog meme thing, Lord Keck or whatever they call him. Of course, it's spelled differently. It's K-E-C-K. But his daughter evidently chose a male name after not exhibiting any gender dysphoria characteristics throughout most of her life until she began hanging out with another girl who professed to be a boy trapped in a female body. And it was at that point that this uh, kid decided that uh, he was trans. Does it say how old the kid is? Did I miss that? I've heard he's a teenage. Okay, all right. 14. 14 at the time, but I believe the child is 18 now, going by something they say later in the article. So... The school staff who had full knowledge of the mental health challenges of the child began to treat the teenage girl as a male, referring to her as he and him. And when her parents finally discovered all, all of this misgendering is in the article, by the way, and it takes way too much effort for me to try to fix it while reading it live. When the when they requested that their daughter be referred to by her legal name, the school ignored the wishes. That seems to me like, okay, then take your child out of public school, right? I agree. You would think, <laughs> yep. but, you know, there's a lot of people can't get away from that government-subsidized daycare. You know, it's just basically all it is, is at this point. I mean, what would they expect at this point? It's like, okay, here's the wishes of the parents. Well, here's the wishes of the school. Uh, the school kind of determines what the school does, unfortunately. And whether that's right or wrong is kind of immaterial because they are opting at least in most cases, they may not be aware that they're choosing to, but they're choosing to send their kid to the public school where this is what they're going to learn. Right. And everybody has a choice. I mean, you can totally homeschool. I know a lot of people, they, they, they start homeschooling. The kids want to go to school. And I know a lot of people that take the kids right out of school and just start homeschooling them. So evidently, when the father challenged all of this, the school administrator said that they were simply following the law. But there is no such law. Only a 2016 directive from the Obama administration that said schools need to officially affirm transgender students, which are guidelines that were blocked by a judge the same year and rolled back by the 2017 by the Trump administration in 2017, which doesn't surprise me at all. 
for whatever reason, the alt-right seems to hate Muslims, Jews, and trans people more or less equally. And I don't know what... The, and, and women. Well, I mean, that's to spin on the alt-right. I, I don't really know anybody that actually hates all those people, but I would consider them very much right. What is the alt-right? <laughs> Not right, but, you know, like, you know, right-wing. Like Richard Spencer, uh, Chris Cantwell, those types. Okay, Yes. So thing, as Keck described it, my daughter told me that the school's social worker was advising her about halfway houses because he thought we did not support her. The social worker confirmed this when I scheduled a meeting with him to discuss it. This felt like a horrifying attempt to encourage our daughter to run away from home. We had our daughter evaluated by a psychologist approved by the school district. He told us that it was very clear that our daughter's sudden transgender identity was driven by her underlying mental health conditions, but he would only say that off the record because he feared the potential backlash he would receive. That's not a good place to be in. No, absolutely not. But he's not wrong. I imagine if a psychologist or therapist or whatever had concluded this, to to say that publicly would lead to a public crucifix. That'd be like a, like a doctor saying, well, I got to give you this opiate for pain. I would rather prescribe you cannabis, but, you know, I'm going to get investigated and yada, yada, yada. And people start looking at me because I know of a guy whose doctor told him that. And he says, off the record, if you can get cannabis, do that because opiates are a problem. But same thing. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. So the in the report, however, that the therapist submitted to the school, he did not include those concerns, and he said he would only share them in person, which isn't a surprise. Uh, the sort of witch hunting that goes on here in the United States today is such that if you were to say something like that, like this person isn't really trans, they just have this underlying mental health issue, your, your career is over. And you'll, you'll probably lose your medical license or your psychiatry license or whatever as a result of it. The school would cut you off. If you work for the school or the education system, you would be done. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, evidently, the National Education Association, which I've never even heard of, has partnered with the Human Rights Campaign and other groups to produce materials advocating automatic affirmation of identities, name changes, and pronouns regardless of parents' concerns. In 18 states and the District of Columbia, there are conversion therapy bans, which prevent therapists from questioning a child's gender identity. Now, that's not quite what conversion therapy is. Conversion therapy isn't about questioning it or not questioning it. It's about attempting to convert them one direction or the other. It was extremely popular in the 90s with gay conversion therapy, and it's generally considered to be abhorrent. Did you say gay conversion therapy? Yes. Well, that's different than gender conversion therapy, right? It, it can be. So they're trying to convince people that they are or not or not, or not. gay. Okay. Not oh, gay. okay. Yeah. All right. So I what, didn't know if they're like someone who's like because because if someone who's wants to be who wants to trans, they would go through this tra- transgender therapy, correct? They would. They don't generally call that conversion therapy, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which right. is what they're referring to for her. Right. But, okay. Well, no, I think what they're confer- referring to here is the idea that this person says they're trans and you're trying to convince them that they're not. I understand. Oh, okay. All right. So, so the 
the gay therapy was to try to convince someone they're not gay? Yeah, the gay conversion oh, okay. therapy. The gay conversion. Th- okay, all right. And it still happens in subparts like the Pray the Gay Away camps and things like that. Right. That's essentially, and the Republican uh, Party in 2016 officially affirmed their support for conversion therapy in their um, planks, whatever they're called. I don't remember. Yeah, now. I mean, just roll in the shock therapy and, you know, induce them with drugs and, you know, things. Yeah. Right. Or put them in an insane asylum and it's, you know, with a bunch of other people who need to be converted, right? Yeah. It often <laughs> devolves into exactly that sort of thing. Especially when you let government do it and, 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 and it becomes a program that first they endorse the program now they want to fund the program and now we got to expand the program and then you know you get like the likes of bill gates and ibm and you know um i mean look what ibm did for the nazis you know what's gonna you know stop them from helping cure the gay issue <laughs> right well nothing really in fact if donald trump has his way based on how many of these conservatives and republicans call me mentally ill with their implementation of these red flag laws as they're calling them I would completely lose my right to self-defense simply because of it. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have had a right to self-defense to, to begin with if they could just take it from you because, um, right, you know, what they're saying there. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah. And that's a whole different subject right there. I don't feel any of that stuff applies to me because I'm not part of their society or their system. In fact, I would I agree. I out of it. There's this sort of meme going around on the Internet. You know, how many people have to die before you give up your rights or whatever? I'm like, just one. Just me. Yeah. <laughs> Free Talk Live, let us know what you think about this entire debacle that is the trans thing in public schools. 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE as in Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 855-450-3733, or use the Discord call-in lines that you can find at discord.lrn.fm. With you tonight, it's Aria, Jay, and Angie. And I want to ask if you operate a retail business and are looking for a solution for point-of-sale cryptocurrency acceptance. Well, it's never been easier thanks to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com, brought to you by the people at AnyPay. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. So if you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. Just go to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com and follow the simple steps. Within moments, you'll be accepting cryptocurrency like Bitcoin Cash and Dash at your store. Get started now at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. It's a really awesome thing. When we were at ForkFest this last year, there were a number of vendors who were attempting to just take cryptocurrency payments directly using their mobile wallets and QR codes and all of that. And it was bulky, unwieldy, inconvenient. They signed up for any pay using HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com and just instantly were able to use it and accept cryptocurrency in a way that was streamlined, quick, and easy. It's absolutely incredible. And participating retailers, if you visit them, you can actually get 10% back if you use Bitcoin Cash. Oh, so there's a Bitcoin Cash incentive now. It's the first I'm hearing of this. Yes, there is a Bitcoin Cash back. I know it functions at Local Burger and um, uh, Corner News here in Keene. I don't know where else. I mean, you have to actually be a brick-and-mortar business in order to qualify for it. But yes, all of the places that do Dashback should also be doing Bitcoin Cashback. 
Well, the place you could buy gas at with cryptocurrency, I'll be sure to tell them about the... Uh, they're not set up with any any pay yet. I've been kind of working on them a little bit. Grandma is one right. of the owners of the business, so she's like not quite on board yet. And uh, Now, this is the gas station that has the employees that correct. will take crypto, but... Yeah, the, okay. So two grand, there's two grandsons, dad and grandma, they're all partners. Very cool. And the two sons are in a... Um, are, are in a cryptocurrency, and a friend of mine went there the other day, and just a dad was there, oh, and, he, and and he told me he's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a get one of those wallets. Says, well, your, your kids know how to set you up. How come you haven't done it yet already? Yeah. And I and I've been telling him, hey, you got to get on AnyPay. Now I'm gonna go tell him about the ten percent with Bitcoin Cash. Absolutely, and because the vendors get that back correct. as well. And and there's a, another place I was talking to that I had mentioned, uh, General's Tavern, which is another one in Ware. And we have a free Ware meeting there on the uh, first and second Thursday of the month and, uh, in Ware, New Hampshire. And I told those guys about how Dash does a 10% incentive occasionally. And the, <laughs> It is hit and miss. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not always. I don't want to you know promise something that isn't. And I will tell her actually tomorrow because she's like very interested in taking cryptocurrency new people got to business and uh the daughter it's a mother and daughter that are running it so yeah, i could tell them about that tomorrow that that's great I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that awesome so we've been talking about the transgender curriculum as the article here at LifeSite news describes it saying that the introduction of the transgender curriculum in public schools is quite literally resulting in the recruitment of children to the transgender calls Now, this is another interesting thing I've been observing. You have people like Chris Cantwell and other people on the alt-right who insist that, you know, transgenderism is being pushed to us and it's on the rise. I don't know whether or not that's true or if people are just no longer hiding it and that the rate is essentially the same as it's always been. Like being gay is not a new thing, but people are more open about being gay now. Because it's more accepted. Right. So is the number of gay people actually increasing as a result of what they call the gay agenda? Or is it just that, you know, they aren't being stoned to death any any longer? So they're like, hey, I'm gay. Maybe a little. Well, I wouldn't say the number of gay people increasing due to the gay agenda. But uh, there are some people who talk, and I'm not an expert on this. It's just articles I read and people I talk to. But like that, um, like my wife, for example, doesn't want me consuming any soy products because it's like suppresses testosterone. Interesting. And, and uh, she's she's uh, done a lot of research on this, and she's like, uh, you know, she says it'll drive your sex drive, it'll put your sex drive down, it will, um, you know, su- suppress testosterone. Now, when I worked in Colorado, there's a chemical that's widely used called uh, atrazine, and atrazine they they put it on dry ground. And it's uh, sprayed on, it's mixed in with water, it's sprayed on, and for two years, nothing grows. Nothing. This atrazine is like really bad stuff. Well, this is what is, like it. what it causes amphibians to uh, be both um, male and female. You can literally take tadpoles and put a little atrazine into their environment. So this is what Alex Jones is talking about with making the frogs gay? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure if he ever. I don't think I've. I used to listen to Alex Jones quite a bit. I'm not sure that he ever said the word gay, but it definitely. He, he did. They okay. they did a remix of it with music right. and stuff. It's it's great. It's one oh, of the okay. best things on the internet. I'll send it to you sometimes. So there was some study. But he's not wrong. No, no, he's not wrong about atrazine. And atrazine is a chemical that is like 
Dry, dry land farmers all over the United States. And this is another thing that could not happen without government. Atrazine is approved. It is part of what's called Monsanto growing practices, which is what you have to exercise. Well, Monsanto is Satan. Correct. But in order to get crop insurance, which is how government, uh, how uh, Republican welfare whores get crop subsidies is through what's called crop insurance. And in order to get crop insurance, you must prove that you're following uh, Monsanto certified crop growing practices. So this is the use of Roundup. This is the use of atrazine. And the reason like how... Uh, what, what purpose is the atrazine supposed to serve in this process? I would imagine it's generally considered a bad thing for so, the land to be infertile. So it's a herbicide. And what they do is, for example, in uh, Nebraska, Kansas, and western Nebraska, western Kansas, and eastern Colorado, uh, and Wyoming is basically high desert. It doesn't rain much. So these farmers have what's called dry land. There's no irrigation to it. There's no water rights on it. And every two years, they'll grow a crop of wheat, for example, on the dry land. And after they grow a crop of wheat, they'll take, after they harvest it, they'll take it and they'll spray atrazine on it. And then the atrazine will not allow anything to grow, anything at all, for two years. So what happens is any mo- the idea is that any moisture that goes into the ground stays there. Weeds don't just suck the ground dry or grasses or, or whatever. Okay. And then two years, because it only rains enough to support a crop every two years, is basically what, what the science is. So... Atrazine is part of this Monsanto A specific stuff. crop or a uh, rotation corn. of crops? Well, there's only a couple of crops you can really grow in that area, and it's usually corn and wheat. Okay. And that's about it. And usually they'll grow wheat for, for one, one season. The field will take a season off, and then they'll grow wheat like three or four times. And then after three or four wheat crops every other year, they'll put in a crop of corn, and then they'll go back to wheat. Okay. Uh, sometimes they'll grow some... Dry land grasses like sorghum and sudex for, you know, feed or whatever. So the atrazine is supposed to be a way of sort of forcing them to give the soil a season off. Exactly. So you don't have to go through there and either burn the weeds or or mow them or or whatever. But it makes frogs intersex. So it basically, yeah, it, it tremendously disrupts the reproduction cycle of all amphibians and reptiles. And... With the frogs specifically, because frogs are dissected and studied tremendously, they absorb things like through their skin. So they're very, most of those amphibians are, you know, going to react to pretty much anything. Sure. So this, uh, so anyways, atrazine is basically, it's in a lot of the water. Uh, it's all down the Mississippi River in the Mississippi Delta area uh, because all that heartland of the United States are spraying that crap everywhere so it's all washing and then so atrazine is a chemical almost all these farmers i worked with in colorado is kind of one of the reasons i quit i only i was i told my stepdad i give him three to five years two years i was done guys my age and younger are on low testosterone shots once a week there but they're just constantly messing with like roundup and all these other chemicals which i refuse to touch any of the spray rigs right and stuff like that but uh and then there's a, a lot of agenda about like feeding um, baby boys um, soy uh, based uh, formula um, suppresses the, t- the testosterone, and then also, but soy is beneficial for women because it has a um, oh I forget my wife calls it it's like an estrogen booster something like that yeah, yeah. so it increases estrogen or something and uh, so there's a lot of and, and soy is something that shouldn't even be being used as a food. 
for humans as far as I'm concerned, but because of government subsidies. Uh, What's wrong with soy? Here we are consuming it. Well, soy is, uh, well, first off, it's government subsidized, so you know it's a bad food. Uh, <laughs> I cannot argue with that logic. So, so there's a lot of problems with soy. Soy has some toxicity levels to it. Soy, they say fermented soy is okay, but basically the soy really messes with like hormones. This is uh, a lot of the reason, like, fried chicken is why you've seen a lot of girls that are eight years old with large breasts because of the soy and the, the hormones having to do with the soy. Well, we're also pumping enormous amounts of hormones into chickens oh, and absolutely. cows and pigs and, and all these other things. Hormone, you know, soy, which is mega hormone stuff. I can't tell you why it's really bad off the top of my head. but 855-450-3733. Let us know what you think. Ike was such a sweet, lovable animal, and people would want to pet him, and they'd come up, and they'd get close to him, and it would be this instant, oh, my dad didn't want to touch him. It's like, ooh, get the stinky dog away from me. Even after we'd give her a bath, she would still stink. Very stinky, both bad breath and bad gas. I asked the vet, and he said, some dogs are just stinky. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. The ingredients convinced me that it was definitely worth trying. After about a week, he started smelling normal. My husband and I were really kind of astonished. Dynavite is nutrition. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and you can talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. Again, it's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's Aria. Jay. And Angie. And before we move on from this discussion of the trans kid who may or may not be trans, but who was convinced by the, or who was reinforced by the school system, and so now is a trans person for all intents and purposes. Angie, you brought in the article. What is your take on the overall, just everything regarding it? Well, I have a 14-year-old, and he's a boy, and if he was at school and he came to me, I would hope that he would come to me and say, hey, mom, I want to be a girl or a woman, or if he went to someone in the school and it told them that, I would expect them to call me and contact me. Um, I would not if it came from him, I would be okay with it. But if the school contacted me, you know, I'd want to know how they knew. Did he go to them or did they put the idea in his head? Um, I don't have a problem with my kids being one sex or the other. I think I've raised them pretty well. And I have a good feeling that they're going to be who they are no matter what. Because, you know, they were unschooled for many years and they live out of the box. Even though they do go to public schools, you know, they know they have their own thoughts and they believe in their own freedoms. But... um as far as this story goes, I feel that the school was completely incorrect in what they did and that they should have immediately called the parents and said, hey, there's this thing going on. I think you should come in and we should talk to you. Schools are famous for, I mean, for, for decades now, they've been pushing stuff. Like, for example, all the, the only reason college has become so insanely popular in the past several decade, decades is because 
I graduated high school in 98, and the guidance counselors were constantly pushing college, constantly. And, and now I got a little sister. She, well, she's in college now. And but the, her whole thing, she just graduated two years ago, and it was pushed to be a basically a, prof, a sports ball professional of whatever. You know, she plays softball. I got a little brother who plays volleyball. And, like, that's the agenda. I mean, the, you know, these kids, like, they grew up on a thousand-acre farm in the Midwest, and they have no, no uh, like, work skills And because it was all about sports ball, you know, with them. And, Interesting. And, but when I was in school, all my buddies that went to college, I got friends that got eight years of college that, uh, you know, were working for me five, six, seven, eight years ago for extra money because McDonald's wasn't, you know, uh, paying them enough and because their, whatever it was, computer graphics or, you know, their thing that they went to college for was just so swamped. There's just, you know, way too many of these people doing all the same stuff. Because sure. that's what the guidance counselors were pushing. and I mean, that's similar to what I ran into. I had the same push of guidance counselors. Oh, I mean, it wasn't even questioned in my generation. It was just, oh, you, you graduate high school and then you go to college. That's just what you do. What I do today, though, is only tangentially related to what I went to school for. I went to school for management of information systems. I have a bachelor's degree in that. After dropping out of high school, I ended up going on to college because high school was a complete and total waste of time. I thought maybe college wouldn't be. It, it was for the most part. I learned I more in a year of real world experience and doing that type of work, which I probably wouldn't have been able to get my foot in the door to do if I hadn't gone to college for it in the first place. But within a year of actually doing IT service work, I learned more than I did during those four years of college. And the whole apprenticeship thing, you know, is just, I think, just a much better path for most anyone because it doesn't cost you anything to be apprentice. And especially right now, pretty much any skill that would you be an apprentice in, they'd be really happy to pay you, you know, $10, $12 an hour just to help out or something, you know. But you could even, even if a guy couldn't afford to pay you, you could go work for him for nothing. He might buy you, you know, lunch or something, but at least you'd learn some kind of skill. That's true. So the contention here is that uh, public school systems are are essentially teaching children to be transgender in the same way that they taught them to go to college or to worship the flag, to worship the police, you know, to ask permission to make sure you look in the the blue pages was a thing that we were taught in high school. You know what the blue pages are? I have no idea. So in your in your phone book, you had blue pages, okay. which was all the departments and the government. So if, like, for example, um, what was this? It was like a home economics class or something. It was like, so you have a house and you're, oh, no, you're thinking about buying a dog or getting a dog. That's what it was. The first thing you should do is look in the blue the blue pages for like a dog permit, I think it was, or something. And see, that's been a weird adjustment to me being outside of Mississippi. Uh, because in Mississippi, you, you can get whatever animal you want if you can find said animal. Just about, I mean, I, I think it's illegal to have like a tiger. Well, maybe. they just want, like, you can have a dog, and but all these towns want you to go get a dog license, for example. And that was like one of and the this things. This is a license for you to be friends with another living creature. Yep, I went to court in New Hampshire over a dog license. How did that? Tell um, us about that. Well, uh, I had a dog, and she got loose, and um, we couldn't find her. She was about seven houses down from me, heading toward my house the next morning, and a state trooper picked her up. 
and took her to the Humane Society. And I called around that morning, found out that she was at the Humane Society, went to pick her up, and then I got a citation from the local cops. And he, the chief, of course, I believe is a free stater, or he has come to some free state gatherings that I have been at before he was the chief of police there. And um, he was very nervous coming to me. He wouldn't come to my house. I was pregnant. And finally, he came. I was shoveling snow, and I had had my baby, and she was in the NICU. And he was like, um, um, Angie, I, I, have, I have paperwork. From before you have to go to court and I was like oh okay you know well I'll be right here shoveling snow just bring it back and and he did but um, I guess it went on for about six months before they served me to go to court and I went to court and the judge ruled that the dog was mine and that I had to register the dog or proof of transferring of the dog within 30 days and 30 days went by and I completely forgot about it and I guess about the 36th day maybe I sent in paperwork saying oh it's not my dog it's Michael's dog look he's got the rabies certification and I never registered the dog never had to pay a fine nothing ever came of it other than I sent in paperwork to the court saying hey it's not my dog same thing I told you when I was standing in front of you now the first time I sent Michael to court because I was not going because I had just had the baby I'm like I'm not wasting my time there so he goes tells the judge hey she's not here this is my dog and he's like the judge said well she still has to come to court so they continued it I went to court the next time, and the minute they called me, I was breastfeeding. And so the minute they called me, I stood up, full courtroom, walk up there with the baby on my boob, and I'm standing in front of the judge, and she's just staring at me. <laughs> I answer her questions, and she says, you know, do you, well, how do you plea? And I'm like, I want to take it to trial. And so the baby, the entire time is nursing, and she says, okay, sets a trial date. I turn around, and I hear somebody and think, going, oh, my God, she's nursing. And I turn around, and I walk out of the court, and, you know, cameras are rolling, because I think Ian and Daryl and stuff was there. And I sit down on the bench and finish nursing, and the next time, you know, same thing happens. Molly's hungry, and I'm like, well, she's got to eat, but ended up so did you get your court date and your trial yeah i did and that's when um they said i had 30 days to send in the registration of the dog and i didn't we had moved and i just sent in like 36 days later i sent in michael's proof of rabies of the of the dog and said you know on a little letter i said this is not my pet this shows that it's not my dog here you go and so they wasted their time with the cops coming to court they wasted their time because they came three different times and never got any money and well, all of this... Thank you for your activism. Yes. All of this was because you didn't fill out the proper paperwork to let the state know that you have this creature that accompanies you. Yeah, that's it. And I ask them, you know, are they going to buy dog food? Are they going to pick up poop? <laughs> you know, if they want to help and contribute, then yeah, I'll be happy to pay them. But they're not going to do that. Well, public schools push compliance. They indoctrinate you to be compliant. They indoctrinate you to think that you'll never get anywhere without going to college, that you won't be of any worth, or being, you know, a sports ball, you know, whatever. Jock. Jock, yeah, yeah, I guess a jock, yeah. (laughs) I'm just, like, so disgusted by, like, the agendas that are just pushed, and they're constantly pushed, and I I have no evidence that they're trying to convince uh, young children to be... You know, a sex other than what they, you know, physically were born as. But I could see the agenda being there. I could, I, I would certainly agree. I don't know if there's any sort of deliberate effort to push it, but just knowing that so many of these teachers did go to these universities and they were leaning left when they came out of these universities and now they're educating children. So, yeah, that's going to be what they propagate. 855 450 
This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's Aria. Jay. And Angie. And speaking of freedom, I want to tell you about Freedoms Phoenix. It's a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. So if you want the newest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty, then freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending. There's a very long list of anything that libertarians may be interested in, especially the rise of the police state. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. Again, that's freedomsphoenix.com. Now, I feel like we should probably move on here from the whole kid being trans or not trans or whatever to this cop, evidently, who threw a handcuffed man into a lake and then watched him drown. Yep. That's absolutely appalling. Do you happen to have it in front of you? Um, not immediately, but I know that um, he picked the gentleman up for an OWI. Um, what, and is, what is an OWI? Operating while impaired, maybe. Operating a vehicle? No, I think he was on the water. Okay. And the... Um, on the water on like a like a jet ski or like in a boat or something? You know, I'm not Just exactly swimming? sure what he was on. Has but, anyone on an aquatic vessel ever been sober? Well, I thought that's that like was the, the point of going yeah. out. <laughs> that's like the Bring first thing I've always done. <laughs> and they uh, picked the gentleman up for an OWI, and the cop put the wrong life vest on him. And he was going fast over some of the wake, and the gentleman bumped out of the boat, and he had handcuffs on. And a passerby, like a ski boat, saw them, saw him and was like, they threw him a... Um, like a life vest or like a raft trying to say, Hey, grab this. And they didn't know he was handcuffed. And then the officer was standing there and he put a pole out, but he knew the guy was handcuffed and he watched him go down under the water and drown. Never jumped in, never attempted to save him. And the guy died. He was like a 20 or 21 year old um, white male. And the police officer was a black police officer. Do we have uh, important details like the police department, their phone number? Yep, let me grab it. And the cop's name? Because I think that this, that this business line for this police department should just ring nonstop yep. with people's... Uh, the story was from the freethoughtproject.com. I'm just waiting for it to come up. Um, it says, the cop who threw handcuffed man into lake and watched him drown gets only 10 days in jail. Um, it was for, from Facilities, Missouri. Nearly two years after Trooper Anthony Piercy was charged in the death of Brandon Ellingson, who drowned in the lake of the Ozarks with his hands cuffed behind his back, the case has been closed. Predictably, the offending officer is getting off with less than a slap on the wrist. Yeah, 10 days in jail. And he gets to do that in two-day stints. He doesn't have to serve 10 consecutive days. For handcuffing a college student, negligently casting him into the lake and watching him as he drowned, Trooper Piercy avoided an involuntary manslaughter trial after pleaded guilty to a simple boating violation in June. A boating violation? Yep, that's what they got him for. I imagine it is some sort of violation to bind people, put them in an improper life jacket, and then stand there as they drown. Yeah, he didn't try to save him. I'm sure they investigated themselves. And all they came up with was it was an improper boating violation. I mean, it wasn't murder, you know, or, you know, manslaughter or anything like that. 
I it, mean, if any of us, if that happened to any of us were involved, if we were just on the boat and like somebody fell off and drowned, it would probably be like some heavy duty investigation. But if we actually tied somebody up and put their life vest on wrong, even if they were being a belligerent a-hole and we needed to get them out of control and that happened... I mean, and especially there's eyewitnesses that, like, are watching this guy drown, and the cops are watching this guy drown. I mean, but the Supreme Court has ruled that they have no obligation to protect you. No, they don't. But isn't there some exception to that if they're the one who deliberately puts you in harm's right way? It was last week. On the show, we had read. Uh, Mark had found something that said the only time they have an obligation to protect you is when you are in their custody. Yep. That is correct. Yes. Well, he was definitely in their custody at that point. He was. um, It says that this week, Piercy was sentenced for his role in Ellingson's death, and he received just 10 days in jail. The judge referred to this insultingly low sentence of 10 days as shock time. According to the Kansas City Star, in addition to the shock time in the Morgan County Jail, Judge Roger Prokes sentenced Trooper Anthony Pierce to two years of supervised probation and ordered him to complete 50 hours of community service. Now, what is shock time? Are either of you familiar with that terminology? Nope. No, I'm assuming that it's just the 10 days to shock him into believing that what he did was wrong. Um, It says that Piercy will serve time in jail in five two-day increments with his first stint scheduled to begin this Friday. To the Ellingson family and those who've been following the case, it's a kick in the teeth. 10 days is like a vacation, Craig Ellison said. It's a joke. He knows he's guilty and he's dang lucky to get what he got. As the Stars reports, Special Prosecutor William Cam Say requested Piercy receive 30 days in jail and have his law enforcement certification revoked for life. At minimum, right? Uh, special <laughs> Prosecutor. Yeah, he was there especially to make sure that this, uh, you know, cop was well taken care of. I wonder what kind of dirt the cop has on some local, you know, politicians. Do you even need to have any dirt on local politicians to get away with murder as a cop? Well, they're all on the same side. Yeah. So probably not. But the way this paints it, uh, the special prosecutor was actually seeking a tougher sentence. That's a joke. For 30, 30 days, days? For murder? That, that for is a joke. guy die? Yeah. It's better than 10 days. I hope the family sues the crap out of this cop. And what is the name of that city again? Can Maybe you can spell Versailles, that out. Versailles, I believe. Uh, Versailles. It's V-E-R-S-A-I-L-L-E-S. And that's Missouri? Uh, M.O., isn't that Missouri? I think so. Yep. Yep. So uh, the guy wanted, uh, the special prosecutor, Willem Cam Say, wanted Piercy to receive 30 days in jail and have his law enforcement certification revoked for life. Right. Neither of those things happened. However, the guy is still a cop. He is. And he gets five two-day stints. Um, Say says, I wish... So basically on his days off... Yep, he gets to go in and serve his two days, and then he gets to go back to doing his whatever he does. Which is throw people off boats and watch them drown. I was just told it's called Versailles, the name of the city, Versailles. So even if they had gotten what they asked for, which is the 30 days and you can't be a cop anymore, that's still an extremely light sentence for this level of, if nothing else, Outright negligence. Right. Can you imagine if we would have done that to someone, we would have served much more than 30 days. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the fact that the guy was handcuffed by the police, who then, I mean, he could not swim. No. Right. Did they at least handcuff him in the front? No, behind his back. 
on a boat. Yep, and they put the officer put the incorrect life vest on the gentleman, and that's why he drowned. I found their phone number on the internet. You found who? <laughs> the Versailles, oh. Missouri Police Department phone number. Well, let's go ahead and share that with the audience. How about right after the commercial so we make it nice and clear? That's Stay true. tuned. 855-450-3733. What do you think about these cops getting away with actual murder? Whether they mean to murder someone or not, that's what this is. 855-450-3733. Or use the Discord call-in lines, which you can find at discord.lrn.fm. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasevic for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. Jay. And Angie. And Jay, you have a phone number from people that is, uh, we're told, is... Versailles or Versailles, Versailles. Well, I mean, Versailles would be the correct one, but the people of Missouri, because they're Missouri Hicks, no offense to our Missouri listeners, I'm joking. I'm from Mississippi, okay? I know Hicks. Uh, pro- pronounce it like Versailles, I think that's... Versailles. Versailles. And that's probably how I'd pronounce it, Versailles. You know, if I, if, I, if I didn't know, you know, what... If I hadn't heard it before. But anyways, their business number, and I hope you, you all got your pens ready. Is this for the... Uh, the police department. Okay. This is off their Facebook page. And you can go, go to their Facebook page, and there's all kinds of wonderful comments about the conduct of these particular officers. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's just, just a few of them I was reading off earlier. But uh, people are disgusted with them, and why can't they just respect the Constitution, you know? But anyways, it's area code 573-378-378. Four six three four, and you know maybe it'd be good to give their business line a call and you know at, let them know how you feel about an officer getting ten days of you know basically a Jeffrey Epstein style you know prison sentence as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, his was even cushier, right. Than Epstein's, yeah. Well, yeah, Epstein. You know, he only had uh, yeah he was let out of the can for twelve hours a day, I guess. But anyways, um, let them know uh, how you feel about you know they're. Their cop just, you know, being incompetent and literally murdering a dude. Because if it was you, you know, you, if you, I don't know if they have death sentence in in uh, Missouri, but you know, you, you'd be sitting in jail for a very long time. Let's go into the phones. We've got Sarah calling in from Roland, Oakland. Home up, Sarah. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Okay, I was just talking to someone, and I was just saying to the guy, I didn't understand what the purpose was of you all. When you were talking about this poor kid that, you know, fell over in, in the water the with the boat and the officer and stuff. But the the thing that struck me from y'all's conversation was that you all had to say this was a black officer who killed a white kid and from that accident. And my concern was all these black kids that are getting killed by white officers, 
I don't hear y'all talk about that. I've listened to your radio station back and forth, and y'all don't do a lot of talk about that. But and it doesn't matter. I'm a. I do not care if y'all discuss it or not. But it's just the fact that if y'all put the negative spin on there about this man's race and he did this and he did that. You know, that's not doing any good to anyone. This officer, yeah. this you can't say act. things like that on the air. Sorry, I hit the drop button, jump button before the drop button. Yeah, you can't say things like that on the air. But to address your point, um, I, I don't know why the article mentioned that it was a black cop and a white victim. I missed that. But I'm colorblind, I guess, when it comes to those things, because... And, I, and honestly, I would much rather deal with a black cop any day. Sure. Because, like, like in fact, uh, when I had a jury trial once, I requested an all-black jury. Because, uh, you know, I feel that black people uh, might understand freedom a little better, seeing how, you know, they may have had a great-grandfather or grandmother that may have been a slave. And that's kind of like a lot how I would, you know correlate some things in front of a jury and you know it was an all-white jury which i objected to and they couldn't understand why i wanted the black jury you know the, they thought it was irrelevant and you well know, the cultural tendencies are important and um black americans i mean especially in the south where they were exposed to mm-hmm. systemic racism by the state by the government going back centuries they are more distrustful mm-hmm. of the governmental system Absolutely. than your average white person Yep, and I've noticed that, and it, even like talking with like, you know, as they should be, by like, the way, like normie normies that are uh, black normies, uh, they get like the ideas of libertarianism, you know, better than like white normies because you know the white normies, you know, they they're like feel they're above, but definitely black people are like, I wouldn't try the stuff you try, I get shot right away, you know, they they like know they got to be really careful around cops because they know they're a target. There was once when I was pulled over in Mississippi by a state trooper. Uh, I don't remember why. Uh, I had a loaded thirty-eight in my console, and he asked me for my insurance information, and that just happened to be, through poor planning on my part, that happened to be where I kept my insurance information. In fact, underneath the thirty-eight. So it was really bad planning, but the state trooper there parked on the interstate, standing by my window. I popped it open, and there's a loaded thirty-eight sitting right there. So I immediately, you know, snapped it shut, threw up my hands, was like, hey, uh, loaded gun here. I have to move it to get the insurance card. And I walked away from that just fine, or I drove away from it, rather. But it never, I never forgot that if I had been black, I probably would have been shot on sight. Yep. Yeah. So there's absolutely uh, reasons to call into the uh, issue here, the races of the people involved. However, we can't forget that it's an issue with cops. And the caller there, before she went on to say things that you can't say on radio, said the cop might be some fine, upstanding citizen who demonstrably is not a fine, upstanding citizen. Well, the other thing that we should clarify is uh, you're just reading an article. You didn't right. put any spin on it whatsoever. It was just a text of the article as you were reading it. And I honestly don't even remember hearing anything about, you know. Well, it was race. mentioned once and casually, offhandedly. You know, it's not like we sat here talking about it for 30 minutes, right? In the same way that we do when a white cop shoots an unarmed black man, which we should talk about, right? Uh, yeah. Anytime a cop shoots anybody <laughs> that's unarmed, especially, I mean, you, you know, there's 
the police are just killing pe- kill people all the time, and they get away with it because there is no accountability when you have this special privilege of being a shiny badger. I saw a report compilation. I didn't actually click it, but it was a compilation of various reports that suggested that uh, police officers had become one of the leading causes of death, one of the top ten causes of death in the United States. Yeah, I, I saw one the other day. It said the top death of uh, men. That may is, have been it. Is uh, police officers, and it didn't say white, black, or whatever. It just said men. No, because ninety-five percent of the people murdered by police are men. Yeah, but I noticed we don't have like a male lives matter, although we probably should. <laughs> yeah, yeah because, we should. I mean, it is extremely <laughs> skewed. But you know, there is the sociological tendency that if somebody is going to be a threat to another person, they are primarily going to be a male. Yep. So that sort of statistic isn't exactly fair when it comes to police shooting primarily men, at well, the very least. I guess if it's a female, they feel that they can overpower the female, and so they maybe they can take control of the situation a little easier than mm, if it's a true. male. Speaking of uh, male versus female, or w- what roles they play, that was one thing these guys were... Actually, on my way to the show, I was listening to these guys talking about Epstein's recruiters. And his recruiters would go get these young girls. Oh, yeah. He had a madame and everything. Right. But they they had women that were recruiters because... And then they were talking about in these um, uh, human trafficking circles that 45% of the people that like are convicted or found within participating in human trafficking are women because women will, will like walk up to, you know, these predatory women who are recruiting or, you know, you know, part of the trafficking rings literally go up to these young girls or young boys and be like, Hey, you want me to help you find your mommy? So the idea that it's some dude in a, you know, a van strolling around nabbing kids is like, I guess not really the issue to where 45% of it is actually women grabbing these kids with uh, this sex traffic. I mean, just something I just heard on the radio driving here. I think it was on NPR. I heard it too, actually. I imagine uh, it's also true that uh, children in particular are more inclined to trust women. Absolutely. And so women are probably more successful. Well, and that's more it. More is the yes. pity. Yeah. But, you know, the, the inverse statistic of 95% of men being uh, people shot by police are men is that 95% of people raped by police are women, which also happens with alarming regularity because that's what the police are. They are thugs. They are enforcers. They are violent criminals, members of a criminal enterprise that is oppressing us and terrorizing us. Aren't most rape victims women anyways? I think so. I mean, I've never done the statistics, but... 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. With you tonight, it's Aria. Jay. And Angie. And we've been discussing this state trooper who, on May the 31st of 2014, so more than five years ago at this point, arrested a guy under suspicion of operating while intoxicated and placed the wrong life jacket over the handcuffed dude's torso. So this is a state trooper, not a Versailles troop uh, police officer. Uh, I don't know if it said state trooper, but it was a, it was a cop. They refer to him as a trooper, 
Oh, okay. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It could be a water trooper. Yeah, super trooper. So Piercy then drove his patrol boat away from the scene at a high rate of speed because cops are always speeding everywhere, and it totally doesn't count. Ellingson, the guy in question, was thrown from the boat when it struck a wake. The life jacket came off, and he drowned while his hands were in handcuffs, and the state trooper just sort of watched. Right, and it says that Piercy is still a cop and is merely on unpaid leave. What happens now with Piercy's employment is a personal issue, said Lieutenant Paul Reinch of the Star. During the proceedings, Craig Ellingson finally got to address the man responsible for taking the only thing in the world that mattered, his son. Almost immediately, he began to cry as he read through a three-page statement. Anthony Piercy, it has been almost three and a half years that I've waited to tell you face-to-face that you're the reason my son Brandon is dead. On May 31, 2014, Trooper Piercy arrested Ellingson under suspicion of OWI and negligently placed the wrong life jacket over the handcuffed 20-year-old's torso. Piercy then drove his patrol boat away from the scene at a high rate of speed. Ellingson was thrown from the craft when it struck a sizable wake. The life jacket came off, and he drowned with his hands still in cuffs while Piercy callously watched on. He's now, an, Go ahead. That's kind of loaded. Um he may or may not have just sort of watched on as unclear. He's, I, I don't know if actually I have to retract that because it, it sounds accurate based on how the people came by. I was like, hey, will you extend a poll or something? And he did, despite knowing that the guy was yeah. literally incapable of grabbing said pole. It You'd almost say. need to have a gaff hook. You know, and hopefully you wouldn't gut the poor guy when you grabbed him. Maybe, you know, get him by, I don't know, the handcuff or something and pull him up. I don't, the gaff hook, yeah. I don't know if you know what that is. You use him fishing to, like, pull the fish out of the water so you don't break your fishing line. Uh, but, I mean, a pole, I mean, you know, what good's a, you know, what good's an oar if your hands are handcuffed, you know, or a stick, you know. Behind your back. Or, that. What, yeah. It does say that during the investigation, it was determined that Piercy did little to nothing as he watched Ellingson drown. Ugh. I wish I could pretend to be surprised, but cops are terrible people. And low IQ. And they beat their wives. Says Piercy did not jump in to save him. When a bachelorette party passed on a nearby boat, the passengers threw Ellingson a life ring, but they didn't know that his son was handcuffed, Craig said. Piercy didn't say he was handcuffed. The woman told investigators that they screamed at Piercy to extend a pole to Ellingson, which he did, but he knew that he was handcuffed. Piercy did not call a supervisor for help until after an hour that after after an hour of Ellingson drowning. Footage from his boat shows Piercy having a chillingly casual conversation with his colleague, referring to Ellingson in profane terms. I'm banged up a little, but I'm all right. I don't know if I'm sore from treading water with that bastard, Piercy told a supervisor of the dead twenty year old. I mean business as usual. I mean, why would they be upset over somebody dying on on their account? This is this is cop stuff. <laughs> I guess he treaded water with him when he retrieved the body. Uh, You know, I'm not sure. It says that. No, I understand not jumping in after him because uh, being a lifeguard is extremely dangerous. You know, they get injured all the time because when you're drowning, you thrash around and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but if you're on a boat and you're a police officer, you should know how to swim. It should be taught. You should know how to get people out of water. I, I would agree, especially if you're enforcing boating law. And the guy's handcuffed, so he won't be able to grab you and take you down, but... That's true. You just have to keep him afloat. And you probably have... I would assume that that cop would would be issued a life jacket for his, you know, as part of his duty gear. Another good point. 
As the Free Thought Project previously reported, following the familiar full court press to prevent officer accountability, the jury in a coroner's inquest ruled Ellingson's death to be accidental. It was subsequently revealed that Amanda Grellner, the prosecutor who declined to file charges against Piercy, had received a personal favor from the MHP three years earlier when the department declined to charge their then 18-year-old son with a DUI. So this was a state trooper, yep. a member of the Missouri Highway Patrol, last patrolling a- something that wasn't a highway. Yeah, he was on a boat. Yeah. Says Definitively last- not a highway. Last September, a circuit court judged found that the state had knowingly and purposefully covered up the crimes of piracy, violating the state's sunshine law in the act. After seeing that they were getting zero help from the perpetrator and his subsequent conspirators, the family of Ellingson's launched a campaign for justice. During this campaign, they were joined by Missouri Highway Patrol Sergeant Randy Henry. Henry witnessed firsthand the incompetence, negligence, and cover-up and took it to exposing it. So there was an intentional cover-up of this kid who was essentially tossed by waves out into the, the, I think they said it was a lake. His life jacket came off and he drowned because he couldn't swim with his hands cuffed right. behind his back. Wasn't well, that the purpose of the police union to uh, provide uh, cover-ups and help manage cover-ups? I mean, the police union doesn't really care about anything except for having members and making sure they have many members and making sure they have more members come into the police union. It's just, it's basically for cover-ups because it's always a police union who are always, you know, throwing all the money at all the lawyers to defend these cops and are always putting all the, you know, pro-cop sure. propaganda out there. Henry, the patrol sergeant says we killed Brandon Ellingson. Why are we investigating ourselves? In a conversation with Piercy the day following Ellingson's death, Henry expressed concerns about how the arresting officer had conducted himself. Piercy himself seemed remorseful, telling Henry, I feel like I drowned that kid. I should have done more for him. In any other context, that comment would have been treated as a confession to second-degree murder. Henry then filed a report on the drowning and testified about the inadequate training Piercy and other Water Patrol officers received. During an inter- yes, that, that's certainly inadequate. If they don't know how to properly respond to a person being thrown from a boat with no life jacket, uh, with their hands bound, then they should definitely be trained better. Or if they don't even know which life jacket to put on the person. Also a good there's point. A, there's, a, there's a flaw there. It says, during an interview with patrol investigators following the drowning, Henry mentioned a state law dealing with the safety of people in custody and how the police are responsible for their lives and those they detain. An investigator interrupted Henry and insisted that the recorder be turned off to deliberately prevent an official record of his disclosures. Oh, yeah, they, they hate cameras. The stiff arm of Blue Justice moved in, and now we are seeing the results. Instead of Piercy being held accountable for his negligence, it was Henry who was then run through the gamut of the thin blue line. He was cast out by his department, demoted to corporal, and forced to retire. Now the man responsible for the death of a star college student is getting off with a 10-day sentence and can remain a cop. I'm not surprised. I wonder if there's a civil suit. Uh, I would almost imagine that there's got to be you know lawyers coming at these guys wanting to represent them or i thought you could money i thought they you know had legal protections where you could not sue a cop who did something you know horrific like this well you could sue anybody i mean it might get thrown out but <laughs> True. It, you know uh and, and there are definitely lawsuits that happen for lesser crimes like um you know carla Grieke, who a former um 
the uh, former uh, president of the Free State Project, uh, sued the Ware Police Department a few years back, and they settled with her you know, over uh, wiretapping. She was charged with wiretapping and arrested for wiretapping for filming the cop. And, wow. And another guy. Um, well, like I said, they don't like cameras right, being right. recorded because then you can prove what they did that was corrupt yep. and negligent. So or downright evil. But even if there was a lawsuit, we might not even know about it because they like to throw money at you. You know, it just comes out of the taxpayers, basically, uh, <laughs> or insurance companies and bond companies that insure these, uh, you know, police officers. And you usually have to sign a non-disclosure statement in order to receive the money. And then, you know, nobody talks about it. This is why you really don't hear about these lawsuits. I wish there was a good solution to the police problem. But if if cops are so good old boys that they can do something like this, which is drown a person, feel a little bit of remorse about it, saying, I feel like I drowned that kid. Well, that's because you did drown that kid, and you should have done more for him instead of standing there doing nothing or handing him a pole that you knew he couldn't grab. As long as you have a special class of men that can point guns at people and demand money, uh and there is no accountability, these problems are just going to go on and on and on. Yeah, because even if he is sued by the kid's family, it's not coming out of his pocket. Don't he's mean nothing continu- to him. Yeah, he's continuing on with his job just fine. It, it means almost nothing to him. Let us know what you think about uh, cops. Numbers 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. Hey, everyone. This is Charlie Shrem. You've seen me on the Netflix documentary, Banking on Bitcoin, and the new best-selling book, Bitcoin Billionaires. I want to invite you to join me on my new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on untoldstories.com. That's untoldstories.com. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's Aria. Jay. And Angie. And we're going to move on now. Jay, you have a story about a SWAT team in Massachusetts that is saying they're mercenaries. Yeah, and this this is, yeah, essentially they are. Uh, Well... They're non- a they're a mercenary charity, right? Charity mercenaries, yeah. <laughs> so th- this is uh, actually a pretty old article. It comes out of the um, Washington Post, I believe. And I'll get back to it, yeah, the Washington Post, and this was from uh, June of 2014 uh, by Radley Balco, and it's uh, 
Massachusetts SWAT team claims they're a private corporation immune from open record laws. Now, I had uh, talked about this a little bit last week when we read a few things from the article, but basically, in a nutshell, what had happened is... Oh, you did this last week. Well, we talked about it just... I thought it was posted this morning. No, no, no. We did... Uh, it was posted last week, but we touched on it a little bit last week. Okay. Uh, but basically what had happened is the um, Massachusetts ACLU uh, wanted to know uh, what the uh, Massachusetts State Police Terrorism Task Force had for goodies and toys and, you know, what they got from the feds. And what kind of bear cats and correct. tanks and armored vehicles. All that stuff and how often they use them and, you know, and also, and this was all part of... And usually when public records requests are being asked for by the ACLU, uh, it's because you're preparing for a lawsuit. That's how, it's, it's a lot better to get the evidence before you even file the lawsuit. And sure. the best way to get evidence is uh, a certified public records request uh, from whichever agency. So a lot of these agencies are very hesitant to give up this information. Oh, well, I bet. Yeah. I mean, for the same reason they don't like cameras and audio recording devices, they don't like having the light shine on what they're doing. Correct. So the guys uh, that represented the Massachusetts State Police, his name is Jack Collins, and he's a um, a lawyer from Worcester, Mass. area. Okay. Uh, I actually know this guy. I've um, sold him hay. And he's Uh, representing the police State. He, he yeah he he actually is the chief legal counsel for the Massachusetts Chief of Police Association, and he's one of my hay customers. Well, I haven't sold him hay in a few years because his granddaughter takes care of her own horse now. He doesn't anymore, but okay. probably been about five years since I dealt with this guy, and he was always a really nice guy. And, and this is old, you know, this is five years old. This um this article. So what had happened here is. Because the ACLU represents a lot of people who are damaged by the police. Like in, in this article, they talk about how you know there was you know some elderly woman's house was burnt down because they get these you know wrong information on these no knock drug raids, and then these they send in the tear gas grenades, and there's a little spark, and something sets on fire, and the tear gases. Maybe flammable. Uh, you know. There was one like that in Mississippi as well, where DeSoto County was supposedly acting on a warrant uh, for the Tate County, which is the county I lived in at the time. And it turned out the warrant didn't exist. And they, they shot this Mexican dude in the face and killed him on yep. one of these no-knock raids. And, and Just a thing- completely innocent person when no warrant actually existed. They were in the wrong neighborhood and at the wrong house with a fake warrant for a completely different address. Now, what happened to them when they did that? Nothing. Of they, they investigated themselves and they waited on the media to die down and I don't believe there was ever And then it was over. Ad- yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what they do. You know, they stall until the media forgets about it. Until we, the people, forget about it, and then it just sort of fades into memory. Just another wrongdoing that cops did, and there was no punishment about it. And in this particular article here, they they cite a bunch of reasons, uh, like these botched drug raids. And where they get most of their information from is what's called a confidential informant. So, a snitch. A CI. CI number 62 was a guy named Jerry Battistoni, for example, who was this constant, con- confidential informant for the Hamden County Narcotics Task Force. And he ended up, uh, I guess, um, committing suicide in jail a few years ago. And Is that suicide or a 
quote, suicide. Well, where I grew up in Western Mass, the locals are like, quote, suicide, because this guy, like, definitely had a lot of, you know, he had some issues and he was allowed to get away with a whole bunch of crimes because he was a confidential informant. Right. So in order for a confidential informant to basically remain in good with his handlers, with the police, he needs to give them information. Well, a lot of these guys are drug addicts or they're pedophiles or they're, you know, some they got some kind of vice going on and they're basically allowed to, you know, do their vice, whether it's, you know, messing around with kids or doing heroin or whatever it is. So this is how they, you know, keep their thing going with by feeding the cops information. So So are you suggesting that cops are, in fact, enabling pedophilia and child rape by enlisting such people as informants? uh, I wouldn't say I have any evidence of that, but I I strongly, um, yeah, I I, I am saying that that does happen. It definitely happens with drugs. And even this guy, Whitey Bulger, I don't know if you ever heard of Whitey Bulger, but he was like a famous Massachusetts, you know, corrupt dude. His brother... I forget Whitey's brother's name, but um, he was like the president of the mass the UMass schools and stuff. And and, he, and Whitey was a um, confidential informant for the FBI. Who, according to Howie Carr, who basically, if you're listening in Boston to this radio show right now on AM 680, you just listened to the Howie Carr show before this. Uh, he's always talking about the brothers Bulger. He wrote a book about it and how Whitey Bulger literally got away with murdering like at least 19 people because he was a confidential informant. Well, these are up to and including murder are crimes that the police state is allowing people to just get away with if they're informing them of other crimes. Right. So what happens is these informants start giving false information, start just making up stuff. And because they have to keep themselves useful because they have to keep themselves useful so they can uh, they're allowed to you know, get their drugs or whatever they're doing. You know, it's every, every case is, you know, different, obviously. Right. And so the ACLU, uh, you know, this is talked about in this Washington post article here and the ACLU represents a lot of people who they're basically just old lady minding their business and their freaking house gets set on fire because, you know, some crackhead needs a fix and says, Oh yeah, you can go get drugs at rattles off an address. And you know, they, Go into the place at three, four o'clock in the morning. You know, I just see these things just roll across news feeds all the time where these raids gone wrong. You know, they throw Absolutely. a flash grenade in a you know a baby's crib or whatnot, and third degree burns on the baby and stuff. Now, so, do they not do any sort of prep work before? Do they just take the crackhead's word for it, or do they like scope out the house for a bit? Well, I <laughs> I don't know, but police are really lazy and stupid. And they they just all trigger happy and just want to go do something. I mean, I have I've been to court with lots of cops, and none of them have ever prepared for a court case. <laughs> I mean, you just they don't know the questions when you cross examine them on, on 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 you know the witness stand. It often doesn't matter though. No, no, it often doesn't because the judges is going to take their side because they're part of the same yeah apparatus that you know yep the cop is part of. So um, you know. In, in in this article, uh, this t- this article is previous while the lawsuit's actually going on. While well, not the lawsuit. While the ACLU is, put, you know, they lost. They wouldn't get these public records requests from the 
from the Massachusetts State Police. So they went up the chain of command and they went to the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts. And the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts ruled that the state police, which are law enforcement councils, LECs, uh, well, they don't have to rule. There's evidence. They're 501c3 corporations. So they're registered as. But the opinion of the Supreme Court justices in Massachusetts was that they're no different than the American Heart and Lung or the American Cancer Society. And I agree with them. They're 100% right. They are just municipal corporations. And that's it. And they're, and, and they're set up as charities. And as far as I'm concerned, they're enforcing copyright. They're certainly not enforcing people's rights. Certainly not, no. Not, not if enforcing those rights involves, you know, throwing people off of boats and watching them drown. And just the countless other things that we just see and hear about every single day. 855-450-3733 or use the Discord call-in lines at discord.lrn.fm. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Tell us about whatever is on your mind. With you tonight is Aria, Jay, and Angie. I want to tell you about my magic mud. It's a black tooth powder made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay. It's clinically proven to whiten your teeth. Most health food stores, Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers, and Walmart Natural Beauty Aisles carry the product. If you use the FTL20 code, you get 20% off at MyMagicMud.com. You can use it one time for four days, and then once every three to four days after that. And it totally visibly whitens your teeth, and more importantly, it makes your teeth feel a lot cleaner. Again, that was MyMagicMud.com, and you can get 20% off at FTL20. With FTL20. Very cool. Well, let's get into the phones. We've got uh, Kevin calling in from Lancaster, California. Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live. Are you with us, Kevin? Going once. I guess he's no longer with us. Well, that's unfortunate. He seems to be... He wanted to discuss cops on the beat, presumably. I assume he was taking the side of cops. So I was interested to hear what he had to say, unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe he can call back again. Maybe his cell phone dropped out. That's very true. So we've been sort of talking about cops all night long. And just... Well, other than the insanity of the public schools in the first hour. But cops in general is the theme of the show, which is great. Because the police state is something that needs to be discussed. And what also needs to be discussed is how are we, the people, subject to these charities? And as I was getting into it in the uh, last segment a little bit, I really think it has to do with that these that these uh, that the purpose of governments, as we know them, and they're not really governments; they're governmental agencies calling themselves municipal corporations. If you read any town charter, it'll say like. The town of Palmer, Massachusetts, a governmental agency calling itself a municipal corporation. And if anybody paid attention, the suffix al on the end of a word means uh, similar to or like. Right. And this is what this um, I, I was looking for a different article on this uh, Supreme Court ruling in Massachusetts here with uh, this. And the uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, had got into this a little bit that they are governmental and that they are a charity. 
Hold that thought. We we have Kevin back. Kevin, are you with us? You're on Free Talk Live. And here. Well, I'm... I, I don't know who that was. Uh, interesting I know question. who that was. Yeah, I figure so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see myself as being extremely likely to be shot in the head. No, I'm not afraid of that happening. If I get shot in the head, you know, just you don't need to call the police. There's not much they can do about it. No, I mean, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Call my friends and yep. let them know what happened. That's probably what ideal. I would do. <laughs> But speaking of people being shot, evidently six Philadelphia police officers have been shot in a standoff. And this is something that I'm just now hearing about. I assume this is happening today with these this sort of shoot-off where this guy has managed to kill six cops and has trapped two officers in a house with them. Hmm. Have either of you been I, I have in not. any way no, introduced I to this story? I haven't heard of that today, but I'd be curious about it. Yeah, well, they were shot in a standoff today, and two more are trapped inside the house where the gunman is holed up in northern Philadelphia. A large police presence responded to a shooting incident at about 4.30 p.m. local time. That's our time, right? I assume they're yep. on Eastern as well. In a residential area of the Nice Town section of the city. Nice town section, huh? Yeah, interesting name. One male shooter was still inside the, a residence in what police described as an active situation. They said the incident began when a narcotics officer attempted to serve a warrant at the address. It always comes back to the drug war, doesn't it? Yeah, and I wonder, you know, where do they get this information from? Did, did some confidential informant, you know, need a fix? Uh, Police Commissioner Richard Ross said today that officers were already inside and in the rear of the building when the gunman opened fire, forcing them to escape a barrage of bullets through windows and doors. Officers took cover behind cars and blocked off surrounding streets as they were fired upon by the unidentified shooter. Three hours after the shooting began, police said they were attempting to negotiate the gunman's surrender, but he was still intermittently firing at officers. This dude's got balls. I will so say one, that. One guy has shot six officers and has two captured in the house with him. It sounds that way. Well, I mean, if you're getting the death penalty anyways, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's definitely going. going down. They can only hang you once, right? That's it. Ross said that he was concerned about a potential hostage situation as two officers are trapped inside the house with the gunman. We believe they're okay, and I'm not going to say much more than that right now out of concern for their safety. We believe that this male is in a certain part of the building, but I won't tell you where they are, where he is, so that I don't endanger the officers on the scene. So they they seem to be hiding, is what I'm gathering from what he's saying, is that the cops are hiding from where they believe the shooter to be. So if this guy has shot six cops, I wonder what kind of background he has. In order to be that good of a shot, in order to have injured at least six. You know, this sounds like a great opening to a movie about, uh, you know, the good cop is exposing the dirty cops and the dirty cops go try to take them down, you know, kind of scenario. So obviously if this guy's able to shoot six cops, he's probably well-trained. He might understand this, you know, how to police stage himself and whatnot. I mean, you're not wrong, you know, but then again, cops are, you know. Pretty stupid. <laughs> Let's go into the phones. we got Mike calling from Gold Bar, Washington, about the SWAT standoff. Mike, what's on your mind? Is, is this me? Yes. 
Okay, I, I wasn't sure. I got it. Um, so I had a friend in Hoquiam, Washington, that was actually uh, shot a car five times, and he should have shot the car five times. The guy that owned the car is lucky. My friend didn't shoot him, and my friend is now passed in a motorcycle accident. But the SWAT team was there all night, and they actually let my friend watch Full Metal Jacket, and then basically popped him with that BB gun or whatever it is, the uh, the sandbag thing. Um, yeah. But what I discovered was they actually shot him in the heart two times, and he had to have surgery. So I, I feel like whoever was shooting that weapon tried to actually kill my friend when he was unarmed and almost naked, you know, and he was a little guy. They basically just had to go pick his drunk self up and put him in the car. But they made a big deal out of it. Um, so I respect them for, you know, not killing my friend. Um and I don't think they needed a SWAT team. But then on the other hand, recently where I live in another town now, um, these two state patrolmen pulled this kid over that was walking with a backpack directly from the woods to a convenience store to get some beer. And I asked the officer, which I felt like I was entitled to say, why did you actually come after this kid and pull him over? Because he was clean as a whistle, the kid was. And the officer, the state patrolman, a highway patrolman says, well, when people avoid us, it gives us probable cause to to look into them and i all i could think was this kid made a straight line from the woods to the store and they had to come down the highway like eight blocks to question they had no business doing that um i don't think cops are stupid i just think a lot of people shouldn't be a policeman um there's got to be some good cops out there i would i don't know if i would agree about good cops mike thank you so much for the call interesting stories i'm also glad your friend was not killed by by the police we had a swat incident here in Keene. Not terribly long ago, where the guy was videoing himself and the SWAT team as they kicked in his door and carted him off. You can watch that video on the freaking YouTube channel, I believe. It's fascinating stuff. Sometimes they don't kill people, but that's not really a good thing. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Find that number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Again, that's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. With you tonight, it's Aria. Jay. And Angie. So they're dealing with a very volatile solution in Philadelphia, evidently, saying that it's still unfolding and the gunman seems to have no intention of surrendering. At this point, I honestly can't say that I blame him. I don't advocate. I, I have advocated not sincerely in the past shooting cops. I, I certainly don't suggest people do it. But once you do shoot a cop, they're going to kill you. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. And once you shoot six of them, you're well past done. You're in the range of they're probably going to disappear you on the way to the police station. You're going to be tortured until you're dead. And this is uh, just what prohibition brings us. Violence. So your prediction is that this guy will not walk away from this. Like he won't be arrested and go to jail. I think the most likely outcome of this is that he shoots himself. Okay. Pr- 
probably seriously shoots himself. Yeah, isn't it only mass shooters that like just you know give up and just the cops just go arrest them? But then wasn't you get... that a strange incident? Well, you're, you're referring to El Paso, right? And there was another one a few years back, or uh, that it was the oh the kid in um, Colorado, the Batman movie theater thing. And I was in Colorado when it happened in Aurora. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he I like, forgot about that. He like basically ran. Did he of, like booby trap his apartment as well? I, I, yeah, I think I heard that. But one of the really odd things was, is there's like some, some, um, you know, amateur video, someone from a cell phone, uh, basically videotaped, uh, the dude just like, but pretty much just, you know, having no guns on, just walking up to the cops all casually and the cops just put his hand, you know, put handcuffs on, put him in a cruiser, you know, not like Eric Gardner who was, you know, selling tig- cigarettes. Lucy's, Allegedly. Yeah. What, what wasn't even, you know, proven Allegedly, to be. yeah. You know, they, they choke him to death. Or uh, Kelly Thomas, who was beaten to death by their fists and their flashlights out in the streets of, I think, Arizona, may have been Nevada. Right. Yeah, I remember that one, too. Essentially for being homeless and in the wrong place at the wrong time. But these, um, you know, when, when you shoot, when you bring go against the state or employees of the state, they they, uh, they are all out vicious. But when you just do, do, do crimes, actual legit crimes against common people, nah, it's, it don't really seem to matter. Excellent point. And it doesn't seem to matter, you know, what they do to the people that they're supposed to be protecting, like throwing them off of boats and allowing them to drown. I imagine that the greatest crime that you can commit in the eyes of the state is actually to fight back against the state. Or crime against the state, like a lot of uh, tax evaders, you know, they don't get good time, you know, but... You know, rapists get good time. (laughs) Child molesters get good time, get out of jail early. So the Philadelphia Police Department said that six officers were shot and taken to area hospitals with non-life-threatening injuries. One officer was hit with a graze to the head, but is expected to survive. Other officers were injured in a car accident at a nearby intersection while responding to the scene. And I'm laughing during that because I can just picture cops doing that sort of stupid thing. Have you happened to see the video of the cops who didn't want to wait for a train, so they tried to beat it, and they got plowed by the train? I didn't see that one. (laughs) I think it was actually during an episode of Free Talk Live that we stumbled upon it. It's just such typical cop behavior where they just become just obsessed with reaching this target as quickly as possible. And they plow through intersections into people or into trains. Well, you'll see this authoritarian behavior with people where they're so used to, you know, being the respected authority that they literally melt down when that authority is challenged, even if it's by a speeding train that weighs a million pounds. (laughs) And that steamrolls their vehicle. Let's go to the phones. We've got Warren calling from Keene, New Hampshire. Warren, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, guys? Hi. Hi, so, what's on your mind? Well, uh, you know, we're talking about this uh, incident where the, uh, you know, to bring it back to officer on the boat mm-hmm. uh, and dumping dumping the person. And, and and my whole thing there is obviously there's there's some sort of negligence involved with that. And my my opinion, honestly, is that if, if an officer is in a situation where they're, they're being held to a higher standard, then I think that if they are convicted or, you know, if something happens like that, then they should be convicted to a higher standard as well. I think that if, you know, uh, a cop were to say, 
you know, negligently murder somebody. And honestly, the negligent murder charge probably carries somewhere between, you know, five to 15 years or whatever the state sentencing seems fit. But they should get double that, I feel. And I don't think that's unreasonable. I was curious about your guys' opinion on that. Well, I can tell you the police union will lobby very, very hard against that. As as someone who goes and sits in the New Hampshire uh, House of Representatives occasionally, I watch the, uh, the representative from the police union, um, you know, literally get up there and testify and especially in front of the Senate committees where there's like five guys on these Senate committees and they pretty much, I mean, most of the senators in New Hampshire are bootlickers. So they're, you know, they just, whatever the police union guy recommends or proposes, they seem to be very much in line with it. And the, the police union lobby is very, very, very strong. But what about your, what about your thoughts on the idea itself that police should receive double sentencing? I I agree with that. I mean, it, it would just be like, um, uh, anybody in you know who is you know given these privileges and immunities essentially uh that abuses them whether it be neg- negligently or or intentionally or willful uh should as part of receiving these privileges and immunities to do whatever the the uh the time for the crime should be more uh harsher and it also should be written in a contract and i believe in in libertarian paradise that those who are hired as security guards if they messed up it would be in their contract whatever the penalty is for messing up so they'd be well aware of this you know but yeah it should be harsher just like school teachers should be you know treat you know a little harsher if they do bad things to your kids versus just you know somebody else what are your thoughts Angie? i think it's a great idea i think that cops are trained to handle situations professionally and if they do not and they uh, kill someone or they arrest someone falsely or they uh, break into a home because they don't have a warrant and they injure someone that they should be held to a higher standard so if the you know penalty or the crime warrants five years in prison that maybe they should get 10 years or maybe they should get 15 years and for sure they shouldn't be able to be a cop anymore i agree I agree, and I think that, uh, you know, I just, uh, I kind of wanted a little general roundabout opinion there. Uh, You know, nothing really too specific on my mind in that regards, but... Well, thank you, Warren, so much for the... Thank you so much for the call and the thought-provoking question. I've never really considered it because I start from, well, there shouldn't be police. That's my starting point. That's a great way to start. Well, there's no accountability to begin with. I mean, I'd be really happy if the playing field was just equal, if there was just accountability to begin with. Yeah, and just lawful citizens who, oh, no, this guy murdered someone. I'm going to go accost him and drag him before whatever civil court we have set up to handle that matter. Not that I would condone that, because I don't believe that vengeance is an appropriate way to run a society, and that's ultimately what we're talking about with our justice system i really like uh restorative justice have you guys heard of that no i have uh walter block is a big fan of it yes and so the idea of restorative justice is like right now we have a punitive justice system so there's these you know you're gonna go to jail or whatever but if if i for example you know injured you or your property or something in restorative justice it would be we would basically come up with something i'm going to do to restore your damage okay that makes sense whatever it may be and this has um this is Worked in uh, parts of Africa. I, I know there's pretty good examples where this is kind of like used in like a tribal way. And there was some examples where there was like um, it was a, a negligent murder thing. Somebody, I don't know if he was intoxicated or whatever, but somehow someone got murdered. And the guy that actually killed the dude 
uh, basically was like an involuntary servant for this family for several years to um, to repay the family. Interesting ideas. Let's talk more about justice. What are your thoughts on the justice system? Uh, Restorative justice or punitive justice? Let us know. If you call quickly, you still have time to get on the air. That's 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE as in Free Talk Live. back this is free talk live talk radio that you control and if you're quick you can still get on the air with us that number is 855-450-3733 and with you tonight it's aria jay and angie and we just got into a bit of a discussion about the justice system and jay you're you're a fan of restorative justice yes right? actually yeah it's something I, I did some restorative justice workshops in colorado mm-hmm. and i use this uh with um it was the first one I ever did was with uh, a Mexican, uh, a couple of Mexican guys that worked for my stepfather, uh, and neither one of them spoke good enough English to communicate with me. So I had basically two interpreters I was working through, which was one of them was a daughter, and the other one was a friend of the other guy, which was kind of interesting. But uh, these guys became pretty good friends and. The idea of restorative justice is actually was able to do one at Porkfest last year over, you know, a, a few different things, a, a poker table right. that was settled with a restorative justice thing where all the parties seem to be happy at the end of it. Well, or at least satisfied with the situation. I wouldn't say happy, but I think restorative uh, justice is a great idea when it comes to property. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to other crimes like uh, rape or murder or something like that, restorative justice, it fails. And that the only sort of justice model that works is a forgiveness-based one. Right. And part of the forgiveness, uh, restorative justice does incorporate forgiveness. But with the property thing is, for a quick example, let's say somebody breaks a window on on your house. Mm -hmm. And whether they did it intentionally or by accident, by calling the cops and getting the cops involved. And, you know, maybe there's, you know, some criminal penalty. At least the guy's going to get like a you know, some kind of charge or something and brings the court involved or the guy basically, all right, pays for the window to get fixed, maybe pays for some more than the window get fixed, whatever the owner, you know, wants. And a a lot of these things can be solved relatively easy without getting the state involved. Absolutely. And, but the, the problem is, is for generations now, we've all been programmed just mostly because of public school, like in the beginning to call the state, get the state involved. And the restorative justice will help get away f- from that. And, of course, you know, the prison industrial complex doesn't want that. <laughs> you know? Well, certainly not, because then they don't get their slave labor. Let's go to the phones. We've got David calling from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I've been giving these cows some restorative justice when they keep crawling through my fence. Little uh, uh, That's right. Gun right between the eyes. Yeah. Huh? I'm uh, I remember you talking about this once before. I, I'm still not a fan of shooting the cows, I have to say. Okay, you got electric yeah, fence or barbed wire? Well, I had the electric fence till, till the cows busted it down, so I just put up more barbed wire, but they still keep coming through it. So just keep putting uh, BBs right between their eyes, and then when they turn around. Actually say that. Can you? I don't know. I'm not I, sure. I don't have the FCC rule book <laughs> I wouldn't use it. In front yeah. of me. So, uh, David, I know you're a regular caller, but I, I'm almost positive that can't be said, so we had to drop you and dump that. 
I think I do recall George Carlin saying that was one of the words that might be the only reason I would think that that you're not the FCC doesn't allow. So yeah, I don't know. It's a gray area and not a reason we should take the chance in the first place. But I don't think that shooting the cows is a great plan. I, I don't either. Um, yeah. And I realize you're not doing the long-term damage, but I still don't think violence is a good solution. I mean, what harm could the cows possibly be causing? Oh, I'll tell you what harm. I mean, sure. If they're, they, if they're rampaging <laughs> through his house, okay. Or the garden or the or, yard. Or they go but, out. If your cow... But we're talking about, you know, a, a yard there and a garden there. Um, Roaming through grass and flowers and stuff is what cows are supposed to do. Well, if your cow gets on your neighbor's property and starts tearing it up, or let's say, for example, you have a bull in your herd, and that bull, you know, is some like mutt bull that you own, and it goes over and starts getting in with your neighbor's, you know, purebred, you know, Holstein or Angus heifers and starts breeding them, there could be some issues. Uh, Also, if your cow or horse or livestock, even your dog goes out in the road and hit a car, when a a dog don't do much damage to a car, but you have a 1,500-pound cow standing out in the road or steps out in front of a a car, you're paying for a car or, and you're paying hospital bills because you know, your property did that damage. So it is pretty important to keep them in their pastures. If you're going to own them, not just safety for others, but for safety for them. True. Cows are about as dumb as cops. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're less aggressive though. And they usually won't kill you. Some of them. (laughs) I think the bulls are pretty aggressive, but I think they're made to be aggressive. Aren't they? Well, uh, I tell you, Jersey and Holstein bulls, which have been specifically uh, bred for years for their genetics, are very, very aggressive. I've been—I was actually in a skid steer once, which is like a bobcat skid steer feeding some cattle, and I had a Jersey bull just slam his head into the side of this tractor like four times because he was just pissed off because we hadn't let him out with the heifers yet, you know, because you don't want them to breed too early because then they'll be having calves while it's still getting really cold at night and the calves will freeze to death. So you don't want to, you know, there's a whole science to when you let the bull in, you know, with the heifers. Interesting. The cows. And so, yeah, they can get pretty aggressive, especially when they're all coop, when they're, they can see the, they can see the ladies and they can smell the ladies and, you know, and Mother Nature's telling them what to do. They get, they do get angry, and they and they will attack you. <laughs> Not surprising. I guess restorative justice in the case of this fence would be to build David a better fence. Well, yeah, and they are David's property. I assume these cows. I mean, if he wants to shoot him in the shoot him in the forehead, see, that's um, where I take issue. Are is they referring his cows? to the cows? Oh, I don't know. I assume they're his. I, I take issue with referring to them as property. This is another living being that we're talking about as the property of someone yeah. else. And he, he, I, I can't condone slavery, whether it's of human animals or non-human animals. Yeah, if they're his cows and his fence isn't holding him in, then he needs to get a better fence. I mean, it's just simple as that. My concern would be if you're shooting them in the forehead uh, and you hit one in the eye and now it's going to lose an eye. It's, it's the value in that cow has dropped tremendously because the cow is going to have a harder time. And I bet you if you bring them to, I know when you bring them to auction and they only got one eye, they just <laughs> don't bring as much money. They'll still produce milk. They'll still eat. They'll still get around. But So what you're saying is that fun. disabled slaves aren't worth as much on the block. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 
course, if you go to what's going to bring more, a blind slave or one-eyed slave, or, you know, a one-armed slave or, you know, one that's all intact. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, the, the reality of the situation. And I've never actually shot a BB gun, but they're not exactly accurate, are they? They're slightly they, more they accurate. Can than, they can be. I mean, be? you can aim and shoot. Yeah, whatever you're aiming at. Yeah, they're actually pretty... The newer ones. I thought are they were good. only a little bit better than like paintball guns in that regard. Oh, they're a lot better than a paintball gun, a BB gun. And okay. pellet guns are very accurate. And actually, if you put a little bit of three in one oil in a pellet gun, uh, and you know, put your pellet in and then drop some three in one oil in where it goes, and you just different ways to set it, but that they call it diesel firing or dieseling a pellet gun or an air rifle. Now it takes that pellet and it shoots it like it's a lead, um, it, like it's a black powder cartridge almost like you take like a 22 caliber uh air rifle pellet air rifle and you put a couple drops of three and one oil in it and the air goes in there at such a high velocity to, to launch the uh pellet the three and one oil explodes and this, this thing, sounds dangerous oh it it is like shooting an actual real you know rifle and the, it increases the velocity of that uh pellet like not quite double but like take a man down for sure to where it probably or or you know at least pierce you know the body of a, a you know a, a man to where it wouldn't do quite so much damage before you do this just if you're going to talk about pellet guns and rifles but and this uh, can RPD all be guns. done with essentially a pellet gun a pellet gun and a little bit of light oil like diesel fuel basically 3 in 1 oil WD40 would probably work too David please don't add that as you shoot the cows <laughs> yeah I'm not, no well, please Hey, well, he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't want to kill him. He just wants him to stay in there. He doesn't want to hurt him too bad. Just stay in your pen. I think a paintball gun would be a little better to scare him off. Um, then you'd have painted cows. That's all right. It'll it'll rinse off in the rain. But it's it's it's, it's you not going to do much. The paintball gun would be more effective than the pellet gun. Uh, yeah, because it's going to sting him a little bit. And the thing is, too, is you cows. The pellet gun won't. Well, the pellet gun will too. But I mean, I don't know. A paint, paintball. A pellet gun's going to possibly open wounds and start causing issues and you know to where the that's true you know the paintball gun probably won't i'd be concerned about hitting them in the eyes and then david would have his own problems to deal with yeah not to mention the vet bills get that electric fence fit you know good hot electric fence works well bigger charger mow down the weeds so the fence keeps working I've, i've fixed a lot of fence in my life so well, I can't imagine that most cows are actually stupid enough to just keep walking through. Oh, yeah, something. they will. They will. <laughs> and they'll tear themselves up with the, with the bob wire and everything. Really? Yeah, electricity works the best for them. I had no idea cows were so stupid. This has been Free Talk Live. We'll be back same time tomorrow. Uh, you can go check out all of the show archives, however, at freetalklive.com. Or thank you to Barry for amplifying the show at amp.freetalklive.com. You're not a wild animal, and you shouldn't be tagged and tracked like one. Where you go and what you do every minute of the day, tracked and recorded by your mobile phone, is often more revealing than your browser history. And tech companies make a fortune selling your location history without your consent. Go dark bags prevent location tracking and protect your privacy by instantly blocking all cell phone, GPS, and Wi-Fi signals to your mobile device. Plus, they're durable, water-resistant, and built for a lifetime of protection. Visit godarkbags.com forward slash FTL. That's godarkbags.com forward slash FTL.